What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of what the hell is this show called? The First Rule of Film Club. Yeah, you're allowed to talk about it. You're allowed to tell your friends. I encourage you to tell your friends about it because you're going to be able to talk about how much fun you had listening to JT and Carson talking about movies. Last time you may have joined us for our chat about Martin Scorsese, and we're doing what we said we were going to do. We're talking about QT Quentin Tarantino. Maybe you've seen The Hateful Eight. Maybe you haven't. I will say we're going to talk about it a whole bunch. So if you haven't, there are going to be some spoilers. I don't believe they're all right at the top, so you could stick around for a little bit and test it out. But I do recommend watching the movie before uh, listening, just so that it doesn't get ruined for you. But um, yeah, my good buddy JT Sodergren is going to be joining us. He runs the Quarantine Film Club over on Instagram. He's picking a movie every single day. For those that need a recommendation, and he's always got a really great one. Um, maybe you found us through our little film club, Filmstruck Film Club, where we pick a movie a week uh, and talk about them, kind of treating it like a book club. Uh, this is not necessarily affiliated, but hey, shares the same name, shares the same host, so what the hell? They're affiliated. Uh, if you don't follow Filmstruck Film Club, go ahead and do that, because um, it's a pretty good time. We uh we have a good time over there. You can check it out. It's on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, blah, 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 blah. Um, but yeah, let's get into this. Talking about Quentin Tarantino and the Hateful Eight with my buddy, JT. Look at that, JT. Are you back? Because I'm back. You're back. I'm back, you? baby. Cool. Yeah, we're back. Yep. And we're, What's up, buddy? We're, uh, dude, I'm good. You're good. And we're doing exactly what we said we were going to do, which is we were going to come back and talk about Quentin Tarantino. And I specifically, I believe we were going to talk about Hateful Eight and how not enough people have seen it, or at least the ones that did see it didn't get it or what the hell. I don't know. People should like the Hateful Eight more. So that's that's the take you're going with is that the take that I'm like going with more. is that. Well, I don't think enough people have even seen it. Hmm. I don't think enough don't, people have What's committed the... to watch it. Uh, what's the what's the box office on that movie? Uh, I'll I'll know? look it up for you. But I I'm I, looking it up right now. Right. I got it. While you look it up, so I'll, so what? What is your hypothesis for why people don't uh, aren't as enamored with this one as they are the rest of Tarantino stuff? I think it suffered from being a western after he had just made Django, which was basically huh. his western. Now, okay, wait, so. there's there's a little bit more. There's a little bit more to it. Okay. I mm -hmm. think that that was part of it. The other part was, though it was a really great cast, it wasn't like a really flashy one. So you had that. You also had um, that there was the whole uh, kind of back and forth with whether or not he was going to make it in the first place. Because if you remember, the screenplay got leaked. And mm -hmm. he was like, "Well, fuck and they you." They did guys. a live reading of it. Yep, because he was like, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make this." I had to shut the window. Got people driving, driving around town with the girl I love, and I'm like, "Fuck." Anyway, um, but uh, so so the, also the length. I mean, everyone knew it was going to be this really long movie. I think yeah, is three hours. I think it's the only well, one. Two forty-eight. Oh, is it? 
two hours and 48 minutes was the theatrical one three hours and seven minutes was the road show mm. and then there's the extended one on netflix which is three hours and 33 minutes but that uh that they show the opening and closing credits uh on each episode of that which is about six minutes per episode oh and, so it's really that counts towards the yeah, towards the running time so if you look oh, at like the running what? times on on uh you know you go to the episodes or whatever on netflix mm-hmm. say like episode one 50 minutes episode two 51 minutes or whatever and but that's with uh, the opening and closing credits every time yeah so they show a recap of what happened on the last episode wow. and the full credits at the end so you can skip the the recap obviously if you're watching it and it jumps to like four minutes and 10 seconds so there's like the four <laughs> minutes of lead up and uh one of the things so i will say let's just say that i watched this movie in preparation for you you watched you watched this. the netflix extended one I watched the extended one, yes, okay. which is how I know about this whole little running time issue. Okay. And I have seen this movie probably in whatever uh, format because I saw the Roadshow three times, mm-hmm. and then have seen it since it's been released, uh, however many times on HBO and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so I know I know what little subtle differences there are, and then watching the extended one for the first time i know what was added into this one because you were rather you were rather familiar by then yeah and i just have a like a memory that works that way where it's like it knows when i've seen something already or not i Mm -hmm. i could i could tell you that i haven't seen a specific movie but about two seconds into it i'll have known if i had not or had already seen it anyway right there's a uh, at, at the end of the film when they're showing what happened earlier that morning when the gang's all arriving yeah uh, or uh, when uh, everyone in the haberdashery many and everyone is still alive so the the carriage ride up to the haberdashery is about three minutes long so you've just watched three episodes of this movie and you're like, what is going to happen? It's like three, it's already been about two hours and 45 minutes. You're like, okay, now we're going back in time to deal with this. You already don't want to go back in time. And they're going to show you another six horse carriage ride for three minutes. It's like, it's beautiful, I guess, but oh man, it's like torture. Did you did um, you do it all? Did you do it all in one sitting, the extended? I did. Oh, you did. did. All in one sitting. Okay. Yeah. See, I almost wonder if. I wonder if the extended version is really for people who have, seen it or I like I. Let, let me go backwards here. I kind of feel like the extended version exists for people who didn't watch it, and yet I feel like the only people who watched it were people who had already watched it and liked it. <laughs> like I don't know if the extended so, version got any new fans out of the out of the oh so you don't think anyone that watched the extended version was new to the game i i just you think don't, pretty much I, only only fanboys watched the extended one i kind of think so and i think it was 
it was maybe made to try to sway people to be like look you could break it up if you want and make it like a show it's like a quentin tarantino mini i'm sure that's how lucky are you and people were just like it's just a longer version of that long movie i didn't want to watch yeah that i already didn't like you know i think i'm i'm judging the hell out of a bunch of people i don't know but (laughs) well just uh you're 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 on the right track and the other thing too is um so there's that carriage ride and this is what the point i was trying to get to is that the other parts that they've added in are just um basically uh uh manis uh why can't I think of his name? The actor, Walt, Walter, uh, Walter Goggins. Goggins. Yeah. Walt, Walter Walton Goggins. Yeah. Goggins. Walton Goggins. Uh, and Too many Bruce ends Stern, in that name. I'm saying it. <laughs> and Bruce Stern are sitting by the fire, uh, just saying the N word. Like, I know. <laughs> back and forth, and it's and it's not. It's it's already excessive in the theatrical run version. Yes. This is like. To the point of like, are, is was he just trying to make a really, like, off-color joke? Like, no, no pun intended. But like, yeah. yes. Uh, just was he was he trying to be funny? And then when he after he filmed it, he was like, okay, maybe that wasn't as funny as I thought because it's it is brutal it's, on the it's a extended lot. version. <laughs> it's a lot. It made me think uh, there there must not have been any uh, any other any other people of color on set (laughs) yeah it's just sam and he's okay with it and then like everybody else just here we go this is what we're doing you read the script before we got here it is i mean it is a lot i will i will say uh goggins is very good in this movie he's like excellent he's fantastic he's he's perfectly hateful Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, obviously a racist and all this. Uh, he's a he's a terrible person. Yeah, but uh, I I mean he sells he sells those hard R's. Yes, sir. And, uh, and I mean I just I don't know, man. It I think it just rubbed me wrong this time. Here's uh, here's here's a question. I not have. that it doesn't rub me, but in to the point of where I'm like, dude. This is not cool. Right. Is- it it feels like everyone is everyone feels like it's too much and yet we're still doing it. <laughs> yeah, and we've already had this discussion uh in every one of your movies. So right. right. Now I mean we just don't need two white dudes sitting by a fire saying the N-word 40 something times in, in like the span of 10 minutes. It's yeah. like my god, man. Don't yeah. need it. Either way, it's there. <laughs> yeah but, but I, I think so i'm saying what i'm saying is this is the this is the first time where i just didn't like that movie oh weird because there's yeah I, I was much. actually a pretty staunch defender of it uh to people like you were saying that just don't care for it think it's too long and i was always def- defend it and this time i'm like maybe it's too racist <laughs> maybe it's too racist maybe Maybe this one is too racist yeah maybe spike lee is right and there is a problem with our man tarantino that he might have a problem shit now you're making me feel like i need to finish the extended version because i never actually Mm. finished watching it (laughs) yeah i was just like Uh, to your point uh yeah to your to your point about uh 
like cutting it up though in episodes mm-hmm. i think four episodes people are just going to sit and like i did i wasn't planning on watching the whole thing but then you get to the you know you watch three of them and you're like well i got one more all right i got one more and then you're back on the <laughs> the stagecoach yeah for three minutes and anyway uh, there there's my soliloquy it's a good soliloquy i did want to go back a little bit to uh sheriff maddox walton goggins character here's here's a wonder is he telling the truth do you think that he is in fact the new sheriff of red rock or do you think he's lying and does it matter either way uh does not matter either way but i think he's telling the truth is there is there like definitive proof is there a line is there a scene that other than his word is there a scene or a line that like really sells the the idea to you that he is the new sheriff of red rock yeah it's when they've both been shot and he is like hey calm down uh Marcus, let's let's hear her out. Let's hear what this deal is you got for me. She's mm-hmm. like, oh, uh, you know, kill him. We'll, uh, uh, you can have all these dead buddies of mine uh, as your reward and you let me go. We'll ride to Mexico and you can go be sheriff and collect the money on all these guys. Mm-hmm. And he, it's like almost slow motion. And you're like, is he gonna, oh no, is he gonna double cross and all this stuff? And he's like, you know what? I I do have uh, an ethical, not ethical, but he's he's sworn an oath. He's going to uphold the law as the sheriff. And yeah. I think he takes loyalty seriously, even though he's loyal to being a racist, marauding uh, killer of Black people. Yeah. Um, he's he takes that job seriously, and he's taking the that he is the sheriff seriously, and he never wavers on it. And I don't think he really gives any reason other than being a despicable person, right? Why he wouldn't get sworn in in some hillbilly, you know, yeah. mining town or whatever. I also feel like if if Quentin wanted me to know that he was lying, he would he would tell me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I feel like it's it, as opposed to make a loose parallel, unlike the briefcase in Pulp Fiction, I don't think it's meant to be like so ambiguous. It's just kind of like, no, I told you he was the sheriff. He said it. I said it. We said it. It's a, that's it. Why don't you believe me? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you think he was more upset at Marcus for killing the general? Uh, I, I mean, I, I guess I would just think the circumstances of, of what went down already. Cause I kind of am forgetting when it happens. Re- just refresh my memory of that scene. Of, of when he kills the general. Yes. When Marcus kills the general. Yes. Oh, he tells him this. He leaves. Oh, right. Next he tells to the, the story about that tells son. him the story about how he made his son suck his suck dick. His dick. And then, That's right. <laughs> And then wouldn't give him a blanket, so he froze to death. <laughs> and and then yeah. what? The general That's, goes to shoot the, him and, or something, and he kills him. He, and he says something, you know, just like uh, whatever. He's, he he insults him one last time, and the general goes for the gun, and he 
kills right. him in self-defense you know well and he, then he and he definitely baited him to do it he knew yeah. what he was doing he was trying to get him to reach for his gun so he could kill him in front of everybody yeah so that he would have a reason to shoot the old man yeah yeah basically so your question was why don't i think maddox was more upset with more Marcus? upset yeah uh i mean i i don't know do you do you, why do you have like well, because he like almost flipped out like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm in the presence of the great general, blah, blah, blah. Like your daddy, my daddy and you were friends and oh, it's such an honor. Let me get you a blanket. Let me get you food. Like he was like so in awe of this dude. And then Marcus just like, I made your son suck my dick and then <laughs> made him freeze to death. Ha ha. And then killed him. Yeah. And then the next scene is them having stew at the table i mean and, i guess you know to to your or point no no that's actually before excuse me that's i i apologize that's actually before but still you but, you you've you've reminded me and you've uh kind of like how the scene at the end that makes you really feel like you know he's got to be he's he's the sheriff uh, yeah because he could have double crossed marcus right there been like you killed my friend blah 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 yeah but i i think uh i think even though he has history and and bad blood or whatever i think he absolutely at this point in hanging out with him through this crazy night uh respects marcus, marcus in, a, in a way that he he never thought he could or would yeah and so also but but it's like that point too. yeah well yeah they're both probably gonna they're die they're both basically gonna die they're yeah. going to die we They're just don't we don't have the camera to sit there and watch him bleed to death and freeze and to death. Actually, the thing that Goggins uh character is so upset about, more upset than anything, is that someone poisoned the coffee and was not going to warn him. Right. That that's the reason he doesn't take her deal, is because it's like you saw someone poison the coffee and you, and you were gonna let, me, let me drink it. Yep. So fuck you, fuck you no deal. Yeah. So yeah. I think he's really in it for himself uh, in that way, but he's got some sort of principles. Principles, not ethics, not morals. There you go. Principles. principles. Uh, he has got principles. You brought her up, but uh, do you think Jennifer Jason Lee gets the award like out of everybody? Who Who's your favorite out of the, out of the performance? whole performance? Yeah. The performance-wise, I mean, yeah. Kurt Russell's my favorite actor of all oh, time. Oh right, right, so right. It's you're, hard. You're, it's, yeah. hard it's hard to pick against my man Kurt. He does. And I do, do a think he's wonderful job. in this. He but is. I gotta give I gotta give it to Goggins. I, I'm like, yeah. I I. It's hard to be like, boy, what a great racist. But uh, <laughs> he, I don't know. I think he's a, just a really fine actor and a really great comic. And very actor. well used in this movie. Yeah, like, he's he's very uh, like not flexible, but is his expressive, mm -hmm. uh, like on the um, righteous gemstones and on uh, the uh, vice principles. Uh -huh. The Danny McBride shows on HBO. Yeah. He's hilarious, and he's, just he's got flamboyant. another show. He's got a new show out, The Unicorn. Yeah, and I haven't. I, I, just I haven't watched just it. A, I have. I haven't watched it yet either. Uh, I just think he's a really uh, great actor, and I really started 
paying attention to him from Tarantino's movies. And I, I think he's great in this. He sure is. But she's also excellent. She, she fucking knocked me out, dude. I, I loved her in this. She's great. Cause I, I saw the road show as well. And, uh, what what was your experience the because you said you saw it twice at the road show three times actually oh, oh yeah. three times what was your what was like your mm-hmm. first time what was that what was that like uh it was in the second row so it was oh. like uh okay what was your second was time awful. <laughs> yeah, so it was terrible okay. um but you got your program right i did i did and were you there um, yeah. for the were you there for the overture? Were you there for the intermission music? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I uh, yeah, it was a cool experience. I liked it. I went out and uh hit a weed pen at the intermission. I went outside and I came back in and I was like, this is how movies should always be. Yeah. <laughs> just, just a little, little just break. a little intermission and then come back. And you know, if I remember correctly, I might I might have missed. I might have came back like right as the intermission was ending, but I did that when the overture happened and just being in a room full of people that were pumped to see this 70 millimeter presentation of the new Quentin movie, like that buzz and that excitement, like only he generates that. Like would you a new Quentin Tarantino movie in the theater is such a fucking good time. (laughs) Every time you what what about this as an idea what if there were show times that included breaks like five minute breaks bathroom breaks uh if for anything over two and a half hours maybe they're like automatic intermission at movie theaters so that you can check your phone you can yeah bathroom break check your phone refill on popcorn whatever uh always an intermission bring that back i kind of like that idea although people are just i would be all about it so so, uh whatever with time everyone wants everything shorter yeah people would be disruptive but i mean the i think the reason why it works at the theater is because like at this building the only thing that's happening is this show Mm -hmm. so it's like everyone in here is sitting and watching the first bit everyone's taking a break for the same amount of time everyone's back for the second bit at a movie theater where there's multiple screens and shit multiple showings of different films it's like there's always people in the lobby there's always people in the bathroom or whatever and it's like it's just not as easy to manage like you you would definitely have people you know coming in late in the second act Mm -hmm. well like i mean i saw uh hey down in front I saw Lawrence of Arabia in uh, 70 millimeter and they had a intermission because that movie's like three and a half Fucking hours a million long. years long. But that must have been so sick. Uh, it was amazing. It was amazing. And it was my first time seeing it. And so oh, I had to see it. So you saw screen, it properly. Millimeter. Yeah, it was amazing. Well, there you um, go. But yeah, I, I uh, uh, was happy for the intermission. Mm-hmm. But then I was just like, oh, yeah, 10 minutes is like, this is the perfect amount of time. I can check my phone, check the score, whatever, do this, that, whatever. Now I can put my phone back on, do not disturb. And enjoy and this. For another hour and enjoy it and mm-hmm. not have to bother with it. Because that I think that would also cut down maybe on people pulling yeah. the phone out, getting bored, chopping mm-hmm. things up like they do with episodic television, you know, just like 
All right, do we want to take a little break before we go to episode two, blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Something to think about when we start these theaters back up. God damn. Yeah, I dude. wish. I, uh, I'm hell bent on getting a, uh, a movie theater that's like subscription based that you can smoke weed. Yeah, in. I think that's, I think that's the only, um, Avenue really that they have left. Yeah. You get like, get you get season, season tickets to a, a theater mm-hmm. basically, but, uh, but I, mostly I, I think you didn't hear the second part. I, I want to be able to smoke weed inside. Oh, in the theater? <laughs> like like yeah, a, if you like have a subscription halfway between like a, a drive-in movie and like an Amsterdam cafe. What Coffee if they shop, did uh, all all shows after 10 p.m. are weed friendly? That would be awesome. It would also I, I've I've thought about this probably too much, but like have a little thing like come up on the screen that's like you could blaze right now. Just so that it's not happening like all the time throughout. It's like there's just like chunks in the movie where it's like encouraged. It's like you should get high for this part because in five minutes is the really good part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I like that. What, what was that uh, that app where it was like uh, told you here are the three parts in the movie uh, that are good bathroom breaks. I mean, oh. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, no. I think it's on. It might be on amc's app also but there is a website where uh it'll tell you okay at the 35 minute mark this line of dialogue will happen you have six minutes where you can run to the bathroom and here's what happens in that six minutes so you it's like uh you know i kind of hate that but i also dig it (laughs) oh no it, it doesn't give you any context so it's just like 35 minutes into it, someone says, uh, uh, it's too bad about Sam. Okay, uh, after you hear too bad about Sam, go to the bathroom and uh, they're just telling a story about how- They stole uh, a car one time and- never, Yeah, exactly. It doesn't come up ever again. So, and let's see, while you're taking a leak, you can read that synopsis. You go to the thing, you're like, okay, I'm in the bathroom for that break. What is happening while I'm in here? It's great. I'm all about that. Um, but it could be the same thing where it's like when Sam is brought up, make sure and get high because Sam is a trip. Hey, speaking of Sam, watch this segue. Are you ready for this? Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I hate late. I think it might be his best role. What do you think? Oh, you're wrong. Well, okay. But, uh, let me let me let me let me let me just say because I I say that because he he's maybe had better characters, but I think this is his best role. Meaning, like he's he's the main guy in this Quentin Tarantino movie. He's the dude. So you think it's his juiciest role? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like the the one that the because he's a rather complex and awesome kind of badass mythic character you he's know this like backstory yeah he's like this union soldier who like killed all these confederates and burned down a prisoner of war camp and is this bounty hunting like badass dude with a fake lincoln letter and like there's just a lot going on with this this character and you know spoiler we need alert, to talk about the lincoln makes letter, it to the way. end we'll yeah we'll talk about the lincoln letter but i just i i'm like i'm sitting over here like dude this is so great that 
we we the audience get an opportunity to enjoy Samuel Jackson as much as we have always wanted. Usually we only get to do yeah. it like snakes on a plane, but getting to do it properly in a Quentin movie where he's not just like an awesome supporting character, but like one of the main, main, main dudes. I don't know. I think it's right up there. Okay. Well, <clears throat> Jules Winfield might have something to say about that. Of course. And I mean, you know, we don't get, we don't get major. What's his last name? Marquess. <laughs> Major Marquess, Marquess, yeah. <laughs> Major Marquess. <laughs> um, Do we even get him without Jules? No, of course not. But you know, Jules is okay. is a cop. Let's think about this. The wheel. That's I would call that more John Travolta's movie than Samuel Jackson's movie. Okay, A Time to Kill. I haven't seen it. Oh my God! Is that Matthew Come McConaughey, on. Samuel Jackson? Of and- course. And Sandy Bullock. There you go. Sandy. Sandy Bullock. Good old Sandy. Yes, they deserve to die, and I hope they burn in hell. Oh, that's what that's from. Oh, yeah, that's what that's from. (laughs) Man, that is is solid quality Grisham right there, man. You got to watch Time to Kill. I'm going to have to check it out. It's it's really good. (laughs) I might watch Time to Kill. Tonight. I think I've I'm seen, just getting a little happy about it. I I've definitely heard that line that you said before, and of I've course. seen Matthew McConaughey's monologue that happens like towards the end. Mm-hmm. If that's not the very end, I don't know, but he's got some epic monologue uh, in the courtroom. He's got his, you know, it's a courtroom drama. Yeah, exactly. Right. Oh, that's what I watched. Finally, I watched uh, the trial of the Chicago Seven. Oh, how was that? It's excellent. It's very good. Good. Well, well, tell me about it. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't think. I mean, uh, I don't a, think anybody minds. Like an ensemble. It's an on. It's an ensemble courtroom drama. It's great. Is, any, is anybody Sorkin. gonna get no, an Oscar? No sh- any of those guys getting an Oscar for it? Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, Eddie Redmayne, uh, the guy from Succession. Actor, maybe. No, no, none of those guys. Everyone's just good. Everyone's okay. just very good. Michael Keaton shows up, gives everyone a high five. It's great. Mark Rylance is in it, right? Mark Rylance, yeah, he's good. How's the yeah, script? solid across How'd the board. How'd Sorkin do? Uh, everyone gets to talk a lot. And, <laughs> walk and talk, uh, baby. Everybody's walking yeah. and talking. Everyone gets their fair share. You don't think anyone gets shortchanged, so cool. it's it's good. And I think we talked about this where i was just for whatever reason apprehensive to start it just i couldn't get in the mood to press play mm. because i didn't want to go through all this backstory and historical drama i just wanted courtroom that's mm-hmm. what i liked sorkin doing i was like yes sor- cor- courtroom sorkin sort room <laughs> sort room corkin baby that's and, it and and uh um I turned it on and the and the court starts scene one. Let's go. We're in court. We're in. And I was just like, yes, I wish I had known this before. I would have watched it opening night. Oh my God. I'm just like, this is court TV written by Aaron Sorkin. It's fantastic. Is so it anyway, getting uh is it getting best picture? It'll get nominated. But it won't win. Nope. Screenplay is it gonna win? Eesh. 
maybe. So it sounds like it's going to get nominated for a bunch of stuff. It's going to it's going to get nothing. like it's going to get seven nominations and, and win zero. Get shut out. Cool. Yeah. Well, good to know. Heard heard it here first. You heard it here first on our on our show, baby. Um. So the Lincoln Letter. Yeah. Love me it, some Lincoln Letter. It gets me every time too. <laughs> you say that the, that's one of his lines yeah uh, that old old mary todd that that old gets mary me. todd is calling guess it must be time for better or whatever yeah 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 and because oh that gets me and then uh goggins is at the end you know he's already oh, it's so fun when he when he he reads you know, it he's spoils like spoils the fun <laughs> well because he hadn't heard the mary todd part and so at the end he like reads it he's like old mary todd that's a nice touch. Like, I yeah. Was, yeah, thank you. He crumples it up and throws it. And I was like, yeah, that is a nice, that's a nice little touch. Yeah. I don't know what the purpose is to reading that letter as they pan up her body with the Kurt Russell's arm tied to her. And like, they, I don't they really go to he really goes to a lot of trouble to kill her yes like real real good yes and i'm like everyone else in this movie was a bad person too why is why is this the we're taking all this time to kill the 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 one woman you know yeah and i think that was a controversy when this do you out. um it's the eighth film, right, by Quentin Tarantino, and it was marketed as such. All of his films seem to be marketed. Marketed. Is that really how you say that? Marketed. Mm-hmm. Uh, by by their, you know, numerical value in the chronology of his films. Do you uh, do you accept this concept that uh, these eight uh, hateful people? Are representations of his films? I had never thought about that. Um, no, I don't subscribe to that. I because I'd never heard it. Can you uh, can you see any parallels between Should, these? Do you want to play this game? Should I would love play to play this game. game. I Let's would absolutely game. love to play it. Well, I already know where Sam Jackson's fallen. That's got to be Jackie Brown. His yeah. black exploitation. Yeah, know, totally. Thing. Or, or hey, you, you could go. argue it's Django. I took the easy one off the board. He could be Django. Mm. And Michael Madsen could be Robert De Niro from Jackie Brown. Oh, wow. Right? Oh, wow. Joe Gage. Okay, so are we talking about the characters? The characters yeah. in this represent his, the movies. Okay. Because there's right. there's the well, eight. Let's, let, let's 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 break it down. Who the eight main people? I've got the box right in front of me. I'll just read these names. Okay. Samuel L. Jackson, okay. Kurt Russell. All right. Jennifer Jason Lee. Yes. Walton Goggins. Yeah. Damian Bashir, uh-huh. Tim Roth, uh-huh. Michael Madsen, and Bruce Dern. Okay. Now let's write down the movies. We got Reservoir Dogs, mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill. Jackie Brown, uh, Inglorious Bastards, what, what, Inglorious Bastards, Django Unchained, mm-hmm. uh, Death Proof, I guess. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and then Hateful Eight, and then Hateful Eight. So, so you could argue 
that one of these individuals represents this new film? Um, my God. I guess it would have to be her, huh? Probably. But is she the bride? Mm. Is that too direct? Wow, yeah, that's that's a tough one. Um, I think I think her being the badass chick, the most violent motherfucker in the room, the one that we're okay. all worried about, all right. she's the Black she's, Mamba. She's she's okay. Kill okay. Girl. All right, I like it. So we're going Jennifer Jason Lee for her, or uh, Domine Gray, whatever her name is. Mm-hmm. Okay, Domergoo. Domergoo. <laughs> Daisy Domergoo. Um, okay, then who's the Pulp Fiction? Who's the the suave i think that might be madsen for pulp fiction yeah i mean yeah you could you could kind of the gangster quiet gangster well we could go tim roth and glorious bastards how about that you could because he's got kind of a christoph waltz thing going european yeah i mean he could also be fucking christoph waltz and django Tim Roth is in a Django. No, you're right. I think we got to go European, strictly European. Mm. Mm -hmm. All right. I buy that. I'll go with that. Bruce Dern. See, I want to throw him in Once Upon a Time, but that's not. Why not? Well, because that's the ninth film. But maybe, now check this out. I I would be willing to have this be an interesting little like Easter egg for future you know mm-hmm. days of future past or whatever that like nobody represents the hateful eight because all of these films including my okay. next one put together make the hateful eight but then does bruce stern represent war in inglorious bastards then mm. yeah fuck yeah yeah all right why well, this is tougher than i thought it's kind of fun though huh this is kind of fun so then I where th- do you where do you put the hangman john ruth uh, Where's Kurt Russell? He's got to be D- death proof. Death right? proof. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. that's right that's there. A, that's that 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 checks. That checks. Um, Damien Bashir is holding me up. Who's where does he line up? Because also, is it him? Do we want it to be him, or is it Channing Bob. Tatum? Bob. Bob. I fucking uh, love Bob, man. He's so good. Bob's good. You have to nail the door. <laughs> you gotta nail it shut. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know if this works because I don't think Bob fits in anywhere unless you want to be... Like, well, then maybe Bob is the hateful eight. Oh, what's up? Or Bob's Jackie Brown. He, he's the De Niro guy. Hey, I could get into that. Well, whoever's theory this was, I don't think checks out. No, maybe it doesn't. And maybe it was my theory and maybe it wasn't. But it was a fun game. Whoever's theory it was, maybe, you know, if if anyone listening has a theory and they want to send it our way, go right ahead. Um, What do you think the original ending was? Or do you know? Oh, I don't know. But I do know this, that this would be a terrific Broadway play. Oh, yeah. One room... One room, man. It's Minnie's Haberdashery. And you, what's really cool is I would love to see like the carriage ride somehow staged like in front of the curtain for that whole fucking half an hour or whatever it is of just the carriage ride. And then, boom, the curtain reveals this huge Minnie's Haberdashery that we're going to be in for the next 
two hours or whatever throw the intermission in probably right after puke and blood or is that too late no you you throw the intermission in when they did the road show they threw it in right after sam jackson uh the kills bruce dern oh right on and is it is it coming out of the intermission that we find out about the poison coffee uh yes okay cool uh that, that we find out who did it oh okay so we we find out that it was poisoned before that yeah because uh well how does it go does kurt russell die before they kill um bruce stern that i yeah. don't remember i think you, so i think yeah? okay kurt's the first one to go okay but yeah that does seem that does sound right that uh the, the oh no, that came. is right because they were they were having stew together, having mm-hmm. dinner, and then Sam uh, Marcus brings the general a uh, bowl of stew. Right, and they have that's, dinner. That's that's right. And that's when he says, oh, "Yeah, I knew your son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I met him the day he died." <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that whole monologue is so ruthless. It's so good, so good. Um, to go back to what you had asked, no, I don't even know what you're talking about. What's this original ending? So that was, there was a different ending. Uh, in the version that we all saw or in the extended version or? No, there was a different ending in the script and then it leaked. And so oh, then he was like, fuck you well, guys. fuck this. I'm not, I'm not making this movie. And everyone's like, no, please make it like whatever. And he's like, okay, well then I'm going to have to change the whole ending then because that's messed up if we know who survives or doesn't survive right yeah nobody's Ru- it ruins the whole thing because it's in a in a really fun way it's quentin's whodunit yeah it's, it's, it like, is. it's like knives out but yeah but quentin tarantino yeah um it's fucking great man i i know i know that uh and maybe if i sat down and watched the extended version i'd agree with you about a few too many n-words but uh i just fucking love this movie yeah, it's um I think the next time I watch it it will be the theatrical version. Mm-hmm. I I like the roadshow version actually is is pretty good now I think about it, but mm-hmm. um there's nothing too uh too too disturbing in the theatrical one, I don't think. Yeah. Just your normal amount of n-words for QT. <laughs> Just the normal amount. Um you know the story about the guitar? The smashed guitar? No. What's the story of that? Oh, okay. If you don't know, then maybe some other people don't know too. This is exciting. Um, the guitar that Jennifer Jason Lee is playing mm-hmm. that Kurt Russell walks up and smashes. So that was a real Martin guitar from the Civil War era that they borrowed from the Martin Museum. This is a irreplaceable instrument. Okay. And there was a dummy guitar on set that was meant to be switched out and smashed separately. But somehow the memo didn't make its way to Kurt Russell. So while she's playing that song and he walks up and takes the guitar from her and smashes it, there's a brief moment where you see Jennifer Jason Leigh go, whoa, whoa, wait, what? Like, and, yeah. it, and it's in the movie. It's, yeah. it's her whoa, whoa, honest yeah, reaction. Yeah. 
And so because she knew that something horrible had just happened and that the guitar was not switched and that the real guitar was just smashed to splinters and Kurt Russell has no fucking clue. So he's not stopping, but it, it does cut right after that. So what happened is uh, they, they, that's that winds up in the movie. And so then like the Martin people were a so upset that the guitar got broken. Like right, that, of course. that in yeah. and of itself was a huge problem. But then to know that the like honest reaction was used in the movie made them feel like really taken advantage of and almost like sick because almost like whether you wanted it to happen on purpose or not, it's like you're showing the murder of this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like and getting the reaction you want out of your actor and like the whole thing is so sick that they the Martin Museum actually came out and said that they will never lend another guitar to any film production ever again. Wow. So I had that, no idea about that's a so horrifying that's, story. Isn't it? It's a, just an irreplaceable guitar from like the some civil war guy played that shit. <laughs> okay, it's... so that's that's one difference of the theatrical to the road show is the uh road show she plays the entire song. So uh -huh. I remember it being so much more effective. Like the first time I'd seen it was she plays the whole song and it's like almost this haunting. Oh, it's kind of like, unbearable. The tension that is being built right then is yeah, like Because you're watching them drink the coffee in the mm -hmm. back and like the door is blowing open. Yeah, because we just, know we know that the coffee has been poisoned. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So you're watching to see like OB and Kurt Russell like pour themselves coffee and OB starts drinking and then Kurt mm -hmm. walks over and oh, how great is OB man oh he's the best he's but, probably uh, he's probably the best fucking part I know he's and <laughs> he's the best he part keeps of the movie. he keeps drawing the short straw and shit he keeps having to go out oh and, my god oh the best line that door is a whore <laughs> <laughs> he keeps calling the door a whore the door is a whore that's that is also just such a good bit that door anyway I go back. Oh yeah, so uh, that she plays the whole song, and it's like this old, almost this haunting, like ghost Irish ghost pirate song, you know, like mm -hmm. an old sea captain song. And uh, in the theatrical version, I think she only gets like a verse, maybe, maybe not even that. It's huh. like she, they only have her playing a a part of it, and I think it's the part when she says John's name. Right like, on. See you in hell, John, or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then he smashes the guitar. But um, yeah, I, w I think that's a one of the best parts of the film is that that song and watching all the action play out in the mm -hmm. background. She really thought she was going to get out of that fucking haberdashery alive, man. She really thought she had it all figured out. She was like, my brother's dumb fucking ass is going to come save me. And you don't know that I know these motherfuckers and everything's going my way until bitch, it ain't. Yeah. And he was in the basement the whole time. What about Channing Tatum? He stays in the basement a little longer than he probably should. Yeah. He probably should have came up a little earlier. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Um, well, hindsight. I did. I did love, uh, the surprise of seeing him in that movie oh, yeah. the first time, just being like fucking Channing Tatum. 
Yeah, and that was like during his, you know, max stardom too. Not to say that he's fallen out no, of no, it. No. Any no, but stretch. I mean, he keeps... he was like it was like Magic Mike that year, or it was something that in those two or three years, mm-hmm. uh, Tarantino got him at like prime Tatum. He knows how to pick him. Yeah. All right. Where um. Where did where you just rewatched the extended version and I know you said it kind of maybe tarnished tarnished its rep for you maybe a smidge but where where do you where do you put it in the hierarchy of his movies? It is because um, there are nine of them. <laughs> there are nine now, so I think this is. Uh, Man, I think this is probably number nine. Oh God, really? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was thinking I was gonna put it ahead of Death Proof, but then I'm just sitting here thinking about it. I'm like, I think I'd rather watch an hour and forty minute Death car Proof chase <laughs> with car chases, and I still get Kurt Russell, <laughs> and I get that awesome lap dance, and it's you know, I think, yeah, yeah. I'll take that. I'll take Death Proof. Wow. All right. Yeah, I st- I still think I I'd probably put it ahead of uh ahead of dare I say both Death Proof and Reservoir Dogs. You don't like Reservoir Dogs, huh? Well, it's not that I don't like it, it's that I never want to watch it. Huh. Like I get about 20 minutes into it and I'm totally good. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and I've always kind of been that way with that film which is i, I know think not they go i think into... i've maybe only seen it all the way through the the one time wow because every other time i'm always just like i don't i don't care i don't want to watch huh. and it's really bizarre because it's it screams right up my alley like it well, should it should be my second favorite movie that he's ever made which a lot of people probably would say it is. Like they probably put Pulp Fiction as number one, Reservoir Dogs as number two, and they nah. they they might. You'd fuck. be surprised. You'd be surprised. I mean, I know some people really dig it still. Like they still say yeah. his debut well, movie is just the tits. Well, I I, I think, think it's they got more great say scenes. that like he's he hit it out of the park with his debut, but I don't necessarily think that means it's his best work. It's just that he came out with a great debut film. Um, but yeah, I think it suffers in the same way Hateful Eight suffers is that once it goes back in time to when like Mr. Orange is first, you know, Shown taking the case or whatever agent. and like, or yeah, or just like memorizing his script and yeah. doing all, it kind of like halts the, you're like, well, can we go back to when he's bleeding to death? Because yeah. that seems a little seems more urgent more... <laughs> than going back to see him memorize this corny thing or whatever. But um, And then Hateful Eight, when they go back to when they show up at the mm-hmm. bad guys show up, you know, it's like I, I, we're almost to the end. Let's let's get there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I don't know. What's your favorite Quentin movie? Oh, it's Pulp Fiction. That's my favorite movie. Ever? That's number yeah. one favorite movie of all time? That's my favorite movie, yeah. 
I think my favorite Quentin is Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. I think it's a toss up between those two for most people. God, um, they're, they're both. I mean, Pulp Fiction is undeniably good, but I think, and I, and I put him and Wes Anderson have both kind of done the same thing, which is they've both just gotten so much better at their own thing mm-hmm. that to go back and watch Pulp Fiction, it's like, yeah, yeah, he's, he keeps doing this, but he just keeps doing it kind of with more specificity more depth and just like continuing to explore like the way that that movie worked. He just keeps kind of, it's that auteur thing where it's like their, their later films always wind up being the better ones. Cause they get better at their own thing. That Hitchcock's later films are all, you know, his more famous, more well-received movies. Well, to play off that, uh, I think Once Upon a Time is probably my second favorite. Oh, yeah. And See? I think that's probably and it's so fucking his good. <laughs> most similar to Pulp Fiction, just in, mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. in the way it's uh, structured. Right. Not time-wise, but, you know, just mm-hmm. character-wise. Um, so, yeah, I agree. He's gotten better as he goes, goes along. It's just whether or not a Western, right. you know, ensemble piece is your cup of tea or not Mm -hmm. and it is it was until i got a little little too much of a taste (laughs) it's like yeah started to get a little bitter there's there was there was a reason most of the stuff was left out my man Mm -hmm. yeah a little indulgent i'm very much uh you know like everyone else i'm i'm waiting patiently but i i look i very much look forward to whatever number 10 is going to be yeah, I hope it's not going to be for a while just because I like the idea of him still being a filmmaker. Yeah, exactly. Saying, saying that number 10 well, is I'm, it. I'm so excited like, for him to just go full Jay-Z and not stop. Be like, yeah. You know, I mean, just like that. Like number 10 is definitely his last movie and then he'll wait 20 years and him and Daniel Day-Lewis will come out of retirement at the same time and make like the bucket list, but Quentin Tarantino style. And it'll just be so fucking good that what if they QT do, has to make three or four more movies. And what if it comes bang. out that like, you know, yeah, like you said, like twenty years from now, uh, Daniel Day Lewis is like, oh, you know, the one regret about my career is I never made a horror movie. And Tarantino's like, yeah, I never made a horror movie either, and I always wanted to. And they're like, let's do it. Let's make the greatest horror movie of all time together. Let's beat The Shining. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that'd be that'd be pretty fun. It'd be pretty but, really fun. Yeah, I don't know what he's gonna do. It's gonna, it's gonna be tough to top that last one for number ten, as far as like grand scale, epic character piece. You know. Do you think that he should just pack it with everyone that's ever been in any of his I movies? I think Fucking that's what Pam he does. Pam Greer, John Travolta, a hologram Michael of Keaton, David Carradine. Everybody. <laughs> everybody. Um, See, it's good. That's what I was thinking. Is he's Christopher gonna have to Walken's make... gonna come out wearing a watch, and that'll be just that's it. He'll walk by. <laughs> I think he <laughs> sniffing um, a watch. <laughs> maybe he'll do a, a. It's a mad, 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 mad world Whoa. remake. But his his version. style. Everyone dies. Oh, of course, they all have guns. That's the difference. <laughs> yeah, they all they all die for no, sure. No, but you know what? He should do it exactly how Mad, Mad, Mad World did it, and use like all the comedians. So it's like Dave Chappelle. Bill Burr, fucking Jerry has, Seinfeld, Larry David. Yeah, because I guess I guess older Tarantino hasn't made hasn't made a comedy per se. Not like straight up. 
comedy. Not a straight up comedy. Get Ben Stiller in there, Adam Sandler. We're, let's go for it. <laughs> let's do it. Quentin Tarantino uh, presents. <laughs> it's a mad, 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 mad world for his 10th feature, a shot for shot remake. You're like, yeah. okay, what the fuck? Well, yeah. All right, JT, buddy. I, I appreciate you taking time to talk about Hateful Eight with me. Oh, my, you're so welcome. Appreciate the time. No matter what, I think that if anyone listened to this and still has not watched it for themselves, please go watch it and give yourself the opportunity to make your oh, yeah. own wonderful opinion because you, you might love it. Oh yeah, tons of spoilers. We ruined <laughs> it for sure. But cinematography, a Neo Morricone score, great acting performances. You can't, you can't lose. We forgot to talk about the score. Yeah, oh well. I mean, it speaks for itself. It does. He won an Oscar when he should have had... 20 40 of them yeah and neil morricone doesn't need me to talk about how good he is it just yep. <laughs> all right uh, buddy well is there uh is there something on the horizon we should uh tease or anything like that uh well i i would be remiss if i didn't throw in our sponsors movie pass blockbuster napster music uh you know where wherever videos are sold amoeba records it won't be oh yeah amoeba uh, and tower records yeah working on a partnership with radio shack man they might still be a thing actually who radio shack yeah it'd be sad if that was the one of those things that survived (laughs) it would man hollywood video also brought to you by hollywood video i think we're just depressing everybody now no man because we all get movies in new ways now and there's some it's fine it's okay what are you gonna watch tonight uh i i just got in the mail because my i used my barnes and noble 50 percent off criterion and i got the grand budapest hotel on blu-ray so i might i might watch that tonight lovely hey you want to let's talk about wes anderson next time oh okay uh i love wes anderson should we talk about the darjeeling limited because uh, we could or we could talk about how Fantastic Mr. Fox made him a better filmmaker than he ever was before. Oh, I could do Fantastic Mr. Fox. You did just get Grand Budapest. I would love to talk. I haven't watched that all the way through uh, since maybe the theaters. Hey, look at that. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it. Well, let's do Wes Anderson next. That sounds let me, like Let fun. me just put it to you like this, JT. It is my belief that once Wes Anderson made Fantastic Mr. Fox, he perfected his style and has only been making better and better versions of his films since. I would I would only say that uh, I think it started with Royal Tenenbaums, but we'll uh, we'll talk we'll let's we'll save discuss. it and talk about it on our on our next one. Sounds but great, buddy. This was a very good time. I'm glad we yeah, were able to fun. do it. Uh, cool, man. Well, all right, brother. Uh, I'll talk to you later. See you later. Peace out. <laughs>